is Bloomberg Surveillance. I don't want to be complacent. There are things the world should be worrying about, but it's just not as bad a world as some people are saying. For what most families care about, it's not GDP growth or the size of the economy as a whole. It's how they're doing. Real capital investment is way below average. Why? Because business people are very uncertain about the future. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene worldwide for Global Wall Street. In this hour, must listen. Seth Masters joins us from Bernstein. We're thrilled to drag him in here from his travels for Alliance Bernstein. Seth Masters will join us uh, in a moment. Bloomberg Surveillance brought you on this Monday. Central Bank Week, Bank of Japan, the Federal Reserve, and in the Bank of England, there's nothing going on this week. Uh, we're brought to you by Cone Resnick, accounting tax advisory to keep your business on top of issues in the evolving renewable energy market. It takes dedicated industry experts like Cone Resnick. Find out more at coneresnick.com. Michael, this is going to be wonderful. Seth Masters is with Bernstein. You know them, Michael, is the keepers of the black books. Years ago, before PDFs, you would you you didn't even matter what was in the black book. You just walked around with a black, like forty page or sixty page book, just so could, you could look cool reading Bernstein research. He synthesizes all of that for Bernstein out of Princeton and Oxford, and with a terrific eclectic international experience. Seth Master joins us this morning. Are there still black books at Bernstein? Yes, there are. But as you said, most of them are actually distributed electronically now. Do you remember that? You'd call up somebody, quick, get me a black book. I have to look like I know what I'm talking yeah, about. I was going to say, if they're electronic, <coughs> then you're not going to look cool. You're not going to look cool anymore. <laughs> Tom won't get any girls, you know. You, what that's, do? Yeah, you could. You get a black book from Bernstein. You were, you were a girl magnet. Tell me about single-digit world. This is something that's a huge focus it seems to me that all of our audiences are unprepared after 09 in the bull market for a single-digit world. Is it going to be a low single-digit world? I think it is for some time. And um, awkwardly, in many parts of the world, if you're investing in sovereign bonds, it's a negative single-digit. So that that's a very tip, that's a trying environment, especially because volatility is apt to be elevated for some time as well. And the combination of relatively low returns – with relatively high volatility, is going to be uncomfortable. There is a enormous uh, – we have seen, been through a couple of waves of, of enormous volatility, and you're suggesting um, that's not over with. What's driving that? If I want to look at what's going to, you know, to predict what's coming, what do I want to look at? Well, I think that the fundamentals in the long run are always what matters. And in the short run, it tends to be sentiment. And the problem that we have right now is that the fundamentals um, are actually – okay in much of the world. Actually, in the United States, we have moderate growth. and much of the rest of the world, it's anemic, but still it's growing. Um, the, I think the problem is that people are so uncertain about what lies ahead over the horizon. And over the horizon matters more than ever. Because remember, markets discount the future. When interest rates are very, very low, you're effectively discounting further out into the future at a time when it's harder to see what's out there. What issues are driving sentiment right now? What's the major concern for investors that they're watching? Well, the one problem is there isn't one major concern. People are really worried about what's happening in energy markets. I think they've overestimated how much that feeds directly through to the rest of the economy, but they believe it and it becomes self-fulfilling. They're very worried about what central banks are doing, exactly as Tom said. There's a lot of lack of clarity about exactly how these policies will play mm-hmm. out with this big divergence between the U.S., which is clearly trying to tighten, and the rest of the world, which is 
trying to stimulate, and nobody knows if either of those will work. But then how do you synthesize single-digit organic revenue growth at the top line with somehow grossing it up to decent margins down the income statement? To me, the only answer is this dreaded, ugly word, synergy, where it's a la Starwood today. It's almost a merger frenzy is the only way to create alpha. I think it's very company specific. And I think that's going to be one of the big themes in the years ahead, which is the, you know, the, the last five or six years of this amazing stock market boom. Um, it was enough to just basically buy an index or an ETF and enjoy Do John the ride. Bogle. Do John Bogle. But I think the next five to seven years are going to be really about being very selective and choosing the companies. You well, know, I know you don't bonds. do companies, but is Jeff Immelt on the right track with a reindustrialization of General Electric? I think it's really about the company by company choice of what is your competitive advantage, and also do you have the right um, balance sheet strategy and the right people to make it happen. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know there's not there's not one ingredient that's going to be correct for everybody. Um, there are also some sectors that are going to be structurally much more challenged than others. Obviously, energy right now mm-hmm. is really in disarray. That's going to take some time to resolve. Um, you know, you, you want to look for companies that are well positioned in industries that have a bit of a tailwind, and uh, and we think that there are lots of opportunities today because the massive flows out of active and into passive have, um, I think, created more irrational pricing at the stock level than we've seen in some time. Well, I wanted to ask you that. Is, uh, how far off are valuations from reality in this world? If you look in aggregate, I think the market is reasonably priced. It's a little bit above historic averages. But then again, inflation is low and the discount rate is low. So those two things more or less offset. The problem, though, is risk is high. And you're not actually being paid enough, we think, to take the additional risk that you have today in stocks. So in our um, portfolios, which we manage with a dynamic tilt, we actually are slightly underweighted in stocks. And here's the reasoning. If you think about what a person with a balanced portfolio, say about 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, is really trying to achieve, you can think of it as a risk target because a 60-40 portfolio like that historically has had a risk that averages something like an 8 to 11% volatility per year. But in today's environment, you're actually taking more risk than that range if you sit at your normal 60-40 allocation. So we adjust clients' allocations to keep them in that risk range that they originally signed up for. And that means we'd be slightly underweight stocks from that risk perspective. Um, But within that, we'd be taking a fair amount of concentration exposure in the stocks we think are most attractive because we do think there are these misvaluations okay, so inside This is really important. You're going to take a concentration uh, exposure. You and I remember Fidelity 50 just as one idea of a fund. It was unheard of to be that non-diversified. But if you say you're going to migrate 60-40 down to a lesser stock, do you just assume more bonds? How do you get there? Well, you have a number of choices. Right now, we would be <clears> slightly <throat> overweight bonds. And also, it depends on which you know we, we would be overweight in certain parts of the world. Like, for example, we're slightly overweight Japanese stocks because we think they're cheaper and more diversifying than other flavors of stocks. But we, we would be slightly tilted into bonds. And, uh, and we do think it's a time when it's worth having diversifying assets as well. Is cash an asset? Um, yeah, you can think of cash as effectively a very, very short duration asset. The problem is right now, um, it's not very attractive. After all, there is inflation, which is running at somewhere between one5 and 2%. And uh, so you're guaranteed to lose purchasing power when you hold cash. Is cash an asset in negative rate countries? It's a really great question, Tom. That's my existential question for the month. 
the it's problem is how do you actually invest in it apart from just being like Scrooge McDuck and having a swimming pool full of gold coins or, or, That'd or, be or, McKee. or I'd, I'd be all in favor of that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do with, I mean, with cash? Uh, in in the meantime, I mean, you don't get paid for that either. Right. So we actually don't think it's a great idea to have a huge amount of money sitting on the sidelines. We think what you should do is have a long-term plan that acknowledges that returns will be lower, but they still will be positive. We don't think that this is a terrible environment. It's just anemic growth with many companies being challenged. So the, the issue is to have a long-term plan that takes that low interest rate and, if, and, right. uh, and rate of return on stocks into account but still gets you to the long-term objective you're looking for and then try right. to implement it really smart by not just right. being indiscriminate about buying index. I would suggest the herd right now is U.S. large multinationals, large caps. Can you go the other way and find value in emerging markets of some flavor? Great question. Yeah, I think there's actually a very good argument now for trying to find some of the areas that were most irrationally beat up during the period of – um, so you're going to go for true value, what, Brazilian commodity stocks <laughs> versus a bank in the Philippines? Well, there's a real problem in some sectors because people aren't always wrong when they think that things are bad. So mm. in Brazil, there really are some very deep structural problems, um, and many of the Brazilian commodity companies um, actually won't necessarily recover quickly. But to, uh, to our way of looking at it, there are lots of specific opportunities in, um, in, in emerging markets, in small cap. Um, we would therefore want to be fully exposed there. Um, right. It would be a little bit underweight in large cap U.S., as you suggest, but we still think there are some interesting stories there, too. Well, this is wonderful. Seth Masters with us with Bernstein, Alliance Bernstein. We're thrilled to bring him to you this morning. This is a great hour. Paul Sankey and uh, uh, Seth Masters. Back You're learning back a lot. Very, very cool. Coming up, we're going to talk to Seth Masters about the flat-out failure of ERISA and defined contribution plans. He's a true expert uh, on this. I think it's going to be a timely conversation as John Tucker, among others, uh, looks at his 201K statement. Also, we've got a real surprise with Seth Masters on your children and, well, getting ready for next autumn, back to school. What should you do in a certain grievous part of your children's uh, education. So we'll do that with Seth Masters of Bernstein. Futures negative 5, Dow futures negative 24, yen weaker fractionally, dollars stronger a little bit. I would go to oil two days in a row south, 37.49 on West Texas. Brent under 40, 39.25 a barrel. Let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. The political fireworks might not be limited to the presidential nominating campaigns. President Barack Obama will likely announce his Supreme Court pick as early as this week. The Republican Party is planning an intense campaign to target vulnerable Democrats and try to stop whomever President Obama picks. Amtrak says a train bound for Chicago from Los Angeles derailed in Kansas just west of Dodge City overnight sending about 20 people to a hospital. Forecasters say any additional rain will make flooding worse in Louisiana and Mississippi. Flooding that began last week has damaged more than 5,000 homes, and at least four people have died in Louisiana. The National Guard has rescued about 3,300 people in the state. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. In more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Michael, thanks so much. Again, Seth Masters with us. This is must-listen. Global Wall Street, 
for those of you looking at the what to do of simply putting away more money. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. The news update brought to you by Witham Smith & Brown CPAs, audit tax and advisory services to help your business be in a position of strength. Experience the Witham way by visiting witham.com, W-I-T-H-U-M.com.